And we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with Tyler T-Rex Baker. And T-Rex, uh, you know, this time we're going to be talking about Thundercats He-Man uh, issue 3. And I know the last time we did issue 2, you said, well, everybody's seen basically what happened. You ripped up your comic. You said you're done. You said you're not talking about it <laughs> no more. So we had to look far and wide, and we found somebody to join us for this episode. Well, I guess in this part, joining with me with the back and forth. And to some known as Busted Tunes, he's a creator serial geek, and well, almost everybody knows him as James Etox. So James, welcome to the show. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm trying not to talk to the camera or myself down here, so I'm looking at the camera thing right there. Oh, okay. um, is it coming through okay? Am I coming through in like, Good yep, time we, and we hit loud and clear. Your, your, everything you're doing is, is coming out just fine. That's good. This is great. This is good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, oh, Tyler, you took, you, took, you took that comic to task, man. <laughs> you just ripped it in half. That was, I guess I could have done a lot more, but uh, it just seemed <laughs> fitting just to do, just right down on the spot, just rip it in half and shred it. And, and uh, I probably could have done a whole lot more i didn't have a fire going in here and i might have just thrown <laughs> the fire if i had if i had a fireplace or a, a trash can with a fire going in it or something like that but uh, i think you were i think you're bored say, close. say now since james is finally here i'm, I'm gonna quote disappearing act and say you know now we have him i've waited a long time for this to sit down with james e talk what finally oh, one-on-one okay. on one, since the days of the of the episode review site with zadok angel i've been uh, a fan of james work since those, those early days and uh, could only have uh, uh, imagined what it'd been like to sit down with this guy finally here. So it's, it's awesome to finally have uh, uh, James with us here for some good, wholesome, just uh, to quote him, wax lyrically about uh, Master. <laughs> Tyler knows me very well. Thanks for having me on guys. I really appreciate it, man. Oh yeah. It's, it's a pleasure having you. Like I said, to have the person who's the keeper of filmation's history with us. I mean, it's fantastic, but I mean, we'll be talking about, obviously, this comic, and yes, we'll, we'll talk about a Filmation episode later, too, because, you know, Tyler is obviously going to be joining us with the discussion, but for this, for the first part here, he's going to kind of be the, the observer. So, Tyler, I hope you're ready, and you're set to hear us go, <laughs> going back and forth. Uh, I'll pretty much be, the, uh, my ears will be the victim here, because I'm already aware <laughs> of what Joe's already done some small promoting of how bad this book is on social media already, uh, just... Um, well, it's, and I'm thinking this this man has the nerve to try and find some sort of positivity in this. Oh God! <laughs> I tried. Like I said, it has its good points, some bad points. But James, since you're our guest, why don't you start off? Like I said, you could first, you know, initial thoughts of the comic. Then, of course, we can dissect parts of it here and there. But you go ahead. You can start us off with what you thought of issue three. Well, do you mind if I go back to issues one and two, just because, like, I haven't really sure. waxed lyrical about them. So, um. Yeah, my, my general thought, like when I first heard about it, I'm so out of the loop these days that they said there's a He-Man Thundercats comic coming. And I was like, hasn't that already been done? And I think I was just confused with, um, I think they did a He-Man, um, sorry, a Thundercats Gatchaman, Gatchaman comic back in the day. I was getting confused with that. Oh, sorry, Battle of the Planets. Um, and yeah, I was just getting confused with all these different, I was like, I'm sure we've already had a He-Man Thundercats crossover, but apparently not. So then the first piece of artwork appeared online. And I mean... Being me, I'm so used to that filmation style. I was like, oh, wow, this is like really kind of heavy. Um, didn't really, I wasn't really attracted to it at first. And then 
about a month ago, I thought, you know, I haven't bought a comic in ages. We can go into that whole DC thing later. But I, uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to commit to this He-Man Thundercats comic. And the first issue went through it. And I, I, the artwork was so appealing. I, I really I don't know. If, I don't know what it was about the original kind of what I saw as the poster. I'd like the characters all like lined up facing one way and the villains facing the other, I think. Right. And it really didn't, I don't know, there was something about it that I wasn't really, it wasn't appealing, it, it wasn't grabbing me. And then opening the book, or sorry, <laughs> going through the PDF <laughs> on the, on the, um, on Comixology, it was, uh, I really, really love the artwork. It was, it felt like a throwback to kind of um, Todd McFarlane and kind of the early 90s, but in a less, I don't know, it, there was something about it. I, I, in short, really like the artwork. Yes, it was good. The, I mean, it is, yeah. Yeah, but the other thing about throwing, like, kind of linking back to what I said about throwing back to the 90s was Todd McFarlane, again, did this comic. He, he uh, Marvel, like, back in the day, he was the superstar artist in 1990, I think, 91. They gave him uh, a comic called Spider-Man to do. So it was like, oh, I get to write and illustrate and do it all myself because it was like, wow, it's going to sell, like... Uh, Hot potatoes, uh, some would say. And um, what what was uh, obvious from Todd, this 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 comic called Torment, which was five issues of Spider-Man, was that he was a great artist, not so much a great writer. So the one thing I remember Torment got ripped to shreds for was that it had this constant throughout every issue, this constant you'd have some you know um, speech bubbles where someone's talking, but then you'd have captions where it was all their thoughts. And it just, you were like, thoughts, speech, thoughts, speech, thoughts. And it was so hard to keep track. And so when I go through this comic, the first three issues, and I'm like, okay, they're doing a, a, a narrative thing. That seems a bit like it's been done. It got, it kind of got mocked and led to parodies of it in the, um, in the 90s. It was just like, you know, characters with this... Uh, inside dialogue. I think Wolverine back in the 70s was one of the first, you know, I'm the best at what I do. And it's like, what is that exactly? You keep telling yourself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I find it, and it might just be me being very slow or something, but I just find it really hard, especially in issue three, to be caption, speech bubble, oh, another caption, another speech bubble. And yeah, I mean, sorry, Tyler, I, I like the comic, <laughs> but yeah, I find it, I, I, I think art wise, it's, Pretty, pretty incredible. Something very new and something I've seen before. No, you're right. I mean, the art is, I mean, that's definitely the saving grace for me. But what you were saying about the narration, speech bubbles, narration, you know, back and oh. forth. You know, I said that with Tyler back in, you know, the previous episodes we did. I mean, that's what drove me nuts is it's like you're trying to get engrossed into the story of what they're saying. But then oh, yep. I better read this narration and it like takes it out of the mood and the momentum that it has going. So it's like you that's, almost that's have to thing. You, you have like, you know, I think in this issue. Read it twice. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, right. First, I'm going to read the speech bubbles. Then I'm going to read the narrative. But it's, uh, you know, you have a character like Skeletal saying, right, this, I'm, I'm saying this line and then, you know, text. And then Lionel said, replying, it's like, this, you know, if you're going to do that, I mean, the, the best one I think was ever, was it Watchmen, when they did that story all those years ago, and Watchmen had a story going on, but they kept it at the bottom of the comic, so you'd have the, the Watchmen story going on, and then this other narrative occurring at the bottom of each page. Mm-hmm. That was like a really nice idea. Yeah. Um, I understand why that's done. It's, it's, a, it's a, a storytelling trope and all that, but for a comic like this, where the pacing seems to be ridiculously quick, yes. like, yeah. you know, 
I've got the power of Grayskull. Oh, no, I don't. Here comes He-Man. Here comes the Thundercats. I've killed He-Man. He's dead. It's like, what, 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 what? And to suddenly have all that narration in there as well, it's like, what is going on? It's, um, I, I don't want to sound really harsh, like, against the writer. I mean, you might be... No, a- no, no, James, feel free to. This is a common... <laughs> don't you dare hold back now. <laughs> um, no, what you said, James, that's the thing, and especially with issue three here, as you've seen, this one was full of a lot more action than any of i mean the others so far it was really full of action so when you're doing the action then trying yeah. to read the dialogue which got really bad later um <laughs> but then uh yeah. yeah then you have the narration it's like it is a momentum killer it's like well what am i trying to enjoy am i trying to enjoy their dialogue and the fighting that's going on and the beautiful art or look yeah. at the narration it's like I, I wish they would stop with the narration but I, I know they're not going to they'll probably keep doing it in every single issue like i'm sure since they said in issue four it says you know return to thunder i think that's or so I, I can't remember what it said at the end but basically or third earth it makes it sound like they're going to go back to third earth for issue four and i could just picture now i bet you jaga is going to be the one i was just about to say yeah the exact same thing i was like with each issue it's like who's going to be doing the narration in this issue you know and i bet he-man will be the, the one who does the final narration and he ends up with like and that's why i'm the most powerful man in the universe and you're like oh hooray the end and it's um, yeah yeah i don't, I don't like so i don't mean to dump on the right or anything but it's just that thing of it feels i i i i've kind of liked the story but the pacing's very off and weird um like there there are scenes you think oh that would be good to include so I'm, I'm i'm annoyed we miss it certain you know characters meet for the first time and all that that i get but uh yeah um it's just something about the writing and i like i'm i'm no writer i you know it's that classic thing it's like when we all used to kind of question the bios and um how everybody you know my always my always thing was the bios is can we just have shakoti be shakoti and not be a member of this race that's connected to a skeleton you know all that kind of stuff i that, said that too yes i know what it was that thing of I, but at the same time, I always say that, you know, bios and writing comic books and all that is such a thankless task that someone is always going to dislike what you do. There's, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, people, people were saying to me for a while, oh, you know, why don't you do bios for the, um, what they call the classics formation 2.0 figures? I think that's what they're calling them. Uh, you know, the, the evil seed that looks like the cartoon, the beast band, that looks like, all the characters look like the cartoon versions. And it's like, yeah, I would have loved the opportunity, but I guarantee whatever bios I would have written, people would have been, oh, that's, that's rubbish. You know, there's guy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, well, I probably don't, to be honest. I think I would have enjoyed seeing what you would have did, though. I mean, obviously, knowing everything of Filmation's history, I think you would have been the absolute perfect person to write any of the bios for the Filmation characters, and I couldn't imagine I, I, point, but, you know. I don't know, man. I, I, I get things wrong. You know, it's uh, <laughs> every, every day I always find out something new about the Filmation show. I'm like, why did I never realize that? It was, um, yeah, it's, it, it's bizarre. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I guess the summary of this comic is art good. <laughs> Suddenly sent in a caveman. Art good, writing. Um, Except it's not being mean. Like I said, what you're saying, it's just like when me and Tyler do it. I swear, I am not trying to be mean and negative. It's just being honest to, of what our thoughts are. I mean, there's people that absolutely love it, and I respect people that love it. And when we give our opinions, I mean, it's just what we're thinking. And it's just some of the things is now, here's the thing. I know they, you know, it's supposed to be their own story, you know, what they want to do. But it's not just about their own story. It's like when you're writing stuff. Things aren't making sense in general, not because this is just your story, your interpretation. It's like when I'm following, it's like, this wouldn't really happen. This doesn't make sense. I mean, and I like how this comic started, you know, in issue three here. I mean, it did start right off, I mean, right off the gate. A lot yeah. of action, really good. I like seeing a lot of the fights, but 
it's like they st- it's I swear with the Thundercats, we've said it before, we'll say it again. The research for Thundercats is a lot less than it was for Masters. And that's even, you know, lacking. But Thundercats really took it bad. Like, for example, you know, Lionel's doing his fighting. He's eager. He wants to get in. Skeletor kind of bests some. And then basically Panthro, you know, holds him to the side. And him and Tiger say something about, like, you know, you're thinking like a rash young boy or something. And then Chitara's like, we're here to protect you. You stay. They actually, she said, stay like he's a little, you know, cat or dog. I'm like, this isn't the first couple episodes of Thundercats where he was just learning to become a man. He went through his trials and became a man and the leader of the Thundercats. So it's this like, is the thing. I, I agree. I was, I was trying. One, one thing I was going to bring up is I was trying to figure out, like, I know it's very difficult because they're doing their own thing, but it's really hard to figure out when this is set. And I don't want to be that fan. But am I right in thinking, um, see, I mean, I was, I was watching Thundercats. Oh, about a couple months ago, I got the box set. And I probably dig out Thundercats maybe every other year. And I think, oh, I'll just watch, you know, the whole series, let it let it go on in the background kind of thing. Okay. But um, at the end of issue three, doesn't a vehicle show up that doesn't appear until like season two there or something? There you go. I think it's the Thunderstrike. That's the one that... Uh, Thunderstrike, that's it, yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like if you guys are trying to be clever and saying, you know, yeah. one thing, it's like, but you're doing other stuff. You're showing stuff from season two. So if they're showing stuff from season two, but they're treating him like almost as if he just became Lionel. It's like became Lionel. And it's like by that point, he's gone through the anointment trials where he has to best all the Thundercats, got all the, li- the little badges on his belt and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like doing that where I'm like, well, if you're including that vehicle, clearly you guys don't know what you're doing. It's just, if you're going to, if you're going to set the timeline, so Lino is this young, impetuous youth, which, I, which I've always liked about Lino, is it's a fascinating yeah. character. Is you know more so than He-Man. He-Man is this, you know, he's a superpowered Prince Adam, um, whereas Lino is a young boy who suddenly like he's, you know, he's got muscles and he's like a big guy and everything. He's got this responsibility, and it's his learning process, which is fascinating with the character. So I can understand why they've gone for that Lino, but at the same time, if we, I think we're kind of establishing that um, in this comic, or at least in this continuity, Thundercats and Mumra have been fighting for a while. And also, if you want to go, am I right as well? In season two, isn't it a case of, you know, the old mirror reflection doesn't work? Right, in which we just brought that up. You know, he realizes that Skeletor and Mumra are like one in the same and that Mumra's inside Skeletor, so Lionel shows the reflection. The reflection Skeletor the wasn't ready for that. And what surprises me is, remember, Skeletor is supposed to have all the memories he remember he's like i know of all you thundercats because now that mummer's in him he knows everything so yeah yeah, what you have known about the reflection to look out so it's like i know they're trying to be clever but it just things like you said it just doesn't work common sense wise now otherwise with the fighting i like seeing him get into it like you know like when the the thunder kittens passed off those you know exploding bombs to chitara and she was like oh that's right yeah yeah he's like yeah yeah cool stuff the thunder tank that's really strange because he's on fire and they're like, should we put him out or whatever it is? And it's like, right. you guys intentionally just tried to blow him up, but now you're like, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I, I, I don't know if that's like a, a kind of a, a joke at the, fun, the the fact that, you know, in 80s cartoons, it's like, we must finish the baddies, but don't hurt them kind of thing. So it's like, you know, let's blow up Skeletal Mumra. And then it's like, oh, we've actually set fire to him. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's the same thing. It's like, wait, 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 you just set him on fire. Do you think, oh, maybe we should have? I was like, no, if you're trying to stop this guy, let him set on fire. Let him burn. <laughs> But there was, um, yeah, there's other things in there, like um, the writing in this issue, we get, uh, yeah, the two words that stuck out like so far, because I've got little notes on my uh, 
Oh, I know. Go ahead, Sam, because I made a poll on it. But go ahead with the words. I, I, you know what the words are going to be. So one was, um, I forget which one. Oh, Skeletor says something like, we can be like, something like, something like, like, like bastards. Evilest um, bastards or, oh, oh no. You, the, the thing I have with, and, and obviously Mumra's one was uh, Jackass, which made me think of, Jackass, which made you me think jackass. of. Yeah, you jackass. But it made me think of when I read that. The first thing I thought of was those. Was those um, you, I'm sure you guys know the um, the infamous Thundercats outtakes from all those years ago, where it's mum, you know, all the voice actors are screwing up their lines that can be found on YouTube and all these things. And it, it just it was reminding me of that. So, but probably when you include dialogue like that, and bear in mind, formation would throw in terms like uh, uh, they, there's one episode that mentioned the 4th of July and it's like well obviously you know you can excuse that by saying well Queen Marlena's from Earth so that, you know she taught them about Christmas and various other Earth um, celebrations uh, but when you read it in this sense they're not you know Queen Marlena didn't go to Snake Man and say do you know what good word for you Skeletal use the word bastard it's, that's yeah. never happened yeah. uh, so but the problem I have with that dialogue is it just takes you out of the moment you're in this you're in this wonderful fantasy land and then you read a word like Boston, you're like, oh, I mean, like, I'm in Brooklyn. You know, what am I talking about? It's like, what? You know, I, I can't, I want to always be in this fantasy world whilst I'm reading this. I don't want to be taken out. And right. No, it, it's the first two issues as well. It's like, ah. Exactly. And I said the same thing. And I know a lot of people said, oh, well, there's been other terms that maybe you think are earth related. <laughs> but I mean, just some of them, like you said, it does take you out of it because I want to, this is supposed to be a fantasy and some things just don't fit in here and jackass just sounded oh. so out of place. And what I've got is immediately I was like, okay, I don't know if people are going to defend it. I went to three different groups and I made a poll. <laughs> Wait a second. What is, oh, Tyler can't take this. He's pouring a, a glass of Clorox. What's that? Uh, All right. Oh, no. Uh, wait, go ahead, Tyler. Um, cheers, or what are you going to say? To your very good health. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Just if I'm if I'm going to continue to dwell in this this well of madness, I'm going to you know, you know, just <laughs> gonna I got to relax <laughs> while I do it. So, good drink oh, up, man. All right, well there. We go. <laughs> okay, for people ain't watching, Tyler just he just drank some poison. There you go. All right, well let me continue with the. Madness, that was pretty good. Um, oh my god, I, I almost, okay. Well, when it came to Jackass, I did a poll in three groups and I asked if Skeletor or Mumra were to use the word Jackass, do you think that would fit in with the world or, or fit in there? And who would be the I mean, yes or no, do you think it fit? Well, almost every group, I mean, I'm sorry, every group said no, it does not fit in, it's a terrible word to use. The thing that most people said was if Jackass was to be used. They could picture Skeletor saying it, but almost, I mean, nobody was saying Mamra because no. picture Mamra's voice, picture his character of how he's in that cartoon. That is so out of character for Mamra to say jackass. It's like, I yeah. can't say it any way that would be cool because it's just, it's a word that just shouldn't have been used, and especially by Mamra. That was one of the worst things they could have put in. I don't know why, but it just doesn't I work. in season two, I'm not, no, I'm not going down the path of uh, cursing, but I know in season two, like some of Mumra, they softened up his character because obviously he had Marmot. And there were a few, uh, I remember episodes where he's more, they play him almost like in a comedy Skeletor role, you know, like later season Skeletor kind of thing. And it's, they, I, I remember there's a few pieces of dialogue, but we're not talking that, you know, we're not talking jackass, which it, it, I was just reading that. And the, I think the fact is, the problem with that, and you know it's a bad piece of dialogue because... The moment you read it, 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 like I said, it takes you out. And then that's the thing you remember. You don't remember like, oh, that brilliant line when he said that. You're like, he said jackass. 
the skeletons yeah. have bastards. Yeah. And they, there's the, I'm sure there's, you know, I remember reading that there are a good piece of dialogue in them. One of my favourite bits was um, that panel on one page, and it's just Lino, kind of, I think he's on his knees. Oh, he's been cut across the face, and he just said, Thundercats, ho, and then the next page is then, they're all kind of le leaping out to attack Skeletor. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's um... no. I, I like like what you said there. There was a couple good moments of things that you know the Thundercats said and what they did, but it was just then when it came back to Mumra and Skeletor. That's when it just got really okay. Here's the thing. I've heard people say that well, obviously with this, this is supposed to be a little more adult. That's what this comic is. It's a little more adult and it's a little more edgier. Well, it's like well, you sure took the edge out with all the silly. Almost feels like. You know, ch you know, school ground, you know, uh, insults back and forth. Because not only with that, but when the stuff when they were saying uh, something like, you know, Skelebor and Dumra, I'm like, God, this this feels like somebody that, Love you know. Pants. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it felt like it was just dialogue geared towards kids. So I was like, okay, you guys are supposed to be geared towards adults. That's where everybody wants to keep telling us. So what, why with the juvenile insults, it just didn't fit them at, you know, at all. So there's, there's, there's a definite weird balance. Like my whole thing over the three issues is I like it in the sense of, oh, it, it the world is filmation-y. You know, you've got the Royal Palace, it's all pink. You've got kind of forest. There's there's backgrounds where you can see the twisted uh, evergreen forest kind of thing. It's like, okay, I, but then in, context, in contrast to that, and as was, I forget which issue, is it one, when... You turn the page and there's Prince Adam and blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, not the blood. Why do they always have to go down the blood ish? You know, the blood. If you get, I, I don't think you need that to tell a story. Yes, if you're going to kill someone, okay, you've got to have it. But um, yeah, it just, if you're going to do, the balance seems really weird. Like you said, there's these kind of childlike insults. And yet you got like, you know, I'm surprised we get all the decapitation sooner or later. It's like, really? Yeah. I mean, because it's tied to, you're right, they try that shock value with the blood and because they're like, well, it's, you know, again, it's trying to be edgier. It's never been done before. And I always want to go back. I'm like, okay, you know what? You could still have a very good uh, adult or, you know, older themed feel of a, a story like back for the Sunbird legacy. That was, that didn't feel kitty. It didn't feel jokey. And then remember, that was the first time we've seen He-Man decapitate anything. You know, stop talking about decapitations. He cut the head off of that snake in that Sunbird legacy. And you've seen blood squirting. So, I mean, it's been done before, but people yeah. always would say, oh, it's never been done. And they don't, you know, they've never done this stuff. So now it's edgier. But like you said, if it's done with the blood, it's like, I mean, sometimes I just think they're trying to be, it's that shock value. Shock value. Yeah, it's like, you know, trap. I thought it was clever. It's, it's a cute thing, but it's like trap jaw, jaw off, throw it, hits triclops. It's like, all right, so you've just taken out two characters effortlessly. Yeah. You kind of need to, if you're going to go down this, you know, more violent route, you've, You've got to adhere to the story that's already been told because otherwise it's like, well, then he, if he can, if he can take care of Trapdoor and Triclops that easily, he could have done it. Every like in this world, he could have done it so long ago. He could have right. Trapdoor's jaw, Trapdoor's arm, and been like, well, there you go, you're done. Um, the fact he just does it in one fight seems almost like reactionary storytelling. It's like, what, what, what do you do? Uh, let's let's bang and boof, and it's like, oh, then we're done. You know, that's it. He just conquered everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, there's no threat. The, th the threat's been taken yeah. out so, so quickly. Like, the, to see these two factions join up finally after all this time, like, you didn't get to see them join up, but they're taken out so quickly. Like, okay, well, that was magical. It's it's over and done with. And where's the oh, yeah, where Tyler, the, if, you, if you haven't read this issue, you've missed the. Uh, am I right, uh, uh, Joe? In, the, in There's one panel where. Who, I'm trying to. 
Does Lionel kick Skeletor in the nuts? That's, you know, oh, what? No, it's the other way around. Hold on. That's what cracked me up. Skeletor kicked Lionel in the nuts. Oh. I was like, wow. I, I think that's how it happened. I think Skeletor kicked him right in the, yeah, right in the balls, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I kind of laughed, actually, when I looked at that. See, the thing is, you know, as I was looking at this fight and everything, you know, if you were just somebody that looked at this comic and didn't read the dialogue, I mean, dang it, it looks exciting. It really did. I mean, oh, yeah. It's beautiful art. I can't say it enough. The art, I love this style. I've never seen it done for Masters before. It's the first time this has been really done, again, for Masters and Thundercats. So I enjoy it. I love seeing the action and the fighting was pretty cool. But it's just, my God, I just wish they could have wrote some things so differently. Because then through all this buildup and fighting and as they basically get back the power sword, because that was their mission. Their mission was to get the power sword to take it back to the prince, because that's what Jaga told them, apparently, even though I've never seen anything happen, mm -hmm. I guess. And just, you know, we got to accept, Jaga must have said this at some point, get the power sword, get it to the prince. So they got the power sword. And um, after they did that, you see the, the internal fighting between Skeletor and Mumra. And you see uh, Mumra, you know, basically kind of bursts out, but then Skeletor bursts out and they're going back and forth and realize they should try to separate. And then one can use the power to uh, get the Eye of Thunder. They want the power of Grayskull so that um, Mumra can get the Eye of Thunder from finally the Thundercats. And then Skeletor can rule to do what he has to do. Oh, so, I can see the nut kick appearing on the uh, bottom there. Yeah, was it? Oh, wait, what was the nut kick? Is it, was it to a Lionel? Yeah. It looks like it is, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dirt just popped that up for us. Thank you, Dirt. <laughs> so, um, so like, so, there we go. go. Boof. I like the sound effect. Pud. <laughs> yeah, pud. So, um, yeah, so you see this internal struggle between them both. They finally realize they need to be separated again. Let's get the golden discs of knowledge. Maybe we can find something within that, that to help us, you know, do this. So then we come to a part. This part, maybe I'm reading way too much into it. Maybe. But I'm just going to give you my opinion of what I thought at the end, and I'd love to hear yours, too, obviously. They come back, and he's going to give it to Adam, and they walk into basically a funeral. Prince Adam is dead. Prince Adam is dead. So basically within a day to day and a half, they already made this whole funeral, whatever you want to say, the time frame. Now, your son, who you've known your whole life, the prince who's going to become king of Eternia. Prince Adam becomes king of Eternia. I just want to stress this enough. You know, this ain't the old stories where it was just He-Man, where it was, you know, you know, king of Grayskull, where maybe he'd become king someday. Once Prince Adam's introduced, and especially how they're using it in this story, I always see it's Prince Adam will become king. So the prince is dead. But what do you see everywhere in that entire palace and around it? You see He-Man's iron cross on Prince Adam's coffin. You see it on the tombstone. You see it all around the palace and outside the palace. Even people are wearing armbands with He-Man's insignia. I was like, can you not honor the death of your son? Sure, I know that he turns into He-Man and would protect Eternia. But they all just learned basically, because obviously since King Brandor just found out, obviously he let everyone know that Prince Adam becomes He-Man. But still, what do you think their impressions are? They're still shocked. Prince Adam's dead, somebody they've known their whole life. And like I said, the king and queen, their son is dead. And I feel like they were trying to do a Superman vibe of showing the symbol, like how Superman on everything for his, you know, coffin, and then for the things they wore. Now they're doing it for this. But for me, that felt like it was so disrespectful to the memory of Prince Adam. They should have used a royal crest of their family, like something that King Miro had that when they looked for that, you know, when they found his, you know, his little bracer and it had the family crest. 
Why are they using family crest? Not He-Man symbol. He-Man, I felt like after if Prince Adam, you know, when they had the funeral for him, maybe then make the announcement. And then maybe have some... No, 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 no. No announcement at all here. The whole idea of even revealing, because the, we all know He-Man's coming back. So this is really bad dramatic effect here to really build up that, that, that He-Man is, is really Prince Adam. And he's going to come back at the end, though. But because of this, because of the poor writing, now everybody's going to know that when Adam comes back from the dead, from whatever, he'll probably yep. drink you know, a melted down lion of next. Who knows what <laughs> but everyone's going to know who Prince Adam is. And it's just like, okay, great. Now the whole secret identity thing is blown away again. For nothing. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like, what? Because you're trying to do an over dramatic effect of like, oh, boy, here's the funeral within a day. We couldn't wait to bury the guy he's being, you know, honored. So, you know, just, and you said it. See, Tyler, that was the thing I was going to bring up, too, was, like, if they were to do it, I felt like it could have been later. Like, everybody would have wondered. Let's say they just had the funeral for Prince Adam, and then eventually everybody's wondering, where's He-Man? Where's He-Man? He's not, you know, not only not at the funeral, but eventually when things are getting in trouble, He-Man's not around. And then eventually, yes, he could come back. But I felt like they just took everything away. But for me, it felt so disrespectful to not honor your son, but to honor He-Man, which I know they're honoring, I guess, in a will, a way what he stood for. But still, I mean, do you see what I mean, James? I probably read way too much into it, but I just didn't like the whole He-Man symbol on everything. It felt strange but, to me. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, to me, that I, I be honest, this is how, obviously, at that point, must have been paying attention to it. I kind of was like, oh, okay. Um, and I kind of just looked at the death scene. That sounds more like an artistic, a uh, stylistic choice more than anything, because, like, you know, you want to create a thing, and if, uh, you know, there is no royal symbol, so to speak, so I guess they're just going with the whole He-Man thing. But I agree. I like the idea, what you kind of brought up there, of them mourning the death of Prince Adam and having a subplot of characters going, where's He-Man? That would be like, ooh, because I know... It's really hard to fit in a subplot in this story because everything seems to be going, you know, 90 miles an hour. But I think that would have been a nice thing to then have, you know, imagine Randor on like um, a balcony or something, give an announcement going, you know, it's with great sadness that I uh, announce the, you know, the passing of my son, but also Eternia's greatest champion, He-Man. And then you're like, oh, wow. And everyone in the crowd is shocked. Obviously, they've already told Teela and the close associates and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I get that. I actually thought in the comic, the... The scene where Lionel brings back the power sword to King Randall was really, really lovely. Really beautifully illustrated on stage, and the dialogue was quite nice. And that was, that was probably the sure. best bit in the comic. So I was like, oh, this is quite nice. You know, Lionel meeting King Randall for the first time and handing him back. Oh, one other thing. that Throughout this whole uh, comic, um, the artist, Freddie Williams? Yes. Probably was one of the best representations of the sword of power I've ever seen in any medium. Because you always get a comic and it's like, Oh god, they've redesigned it, and now it's like this big, um, and he's like struggling to hold it. Mm -hmm. This one is just—they've looked at filmation and gone, "Yeah, let's do that." Even to the point where they know that the the lower two, you know, circles, as it were, are, 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 are further in than the ones above. It's 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 beautifully accurate, um, accurate that sort of power. So, you know, thumbs up for that. Um, but yeah, going back to the uh, that final or that scene, I really really liked the way it was staged. And you had Randall kind of mourning his son and. Lino saying, um, I'm sure, I forget the line about, I'm sure he knew he loved him or something like that. But uh, yeah, re really, uh, really nice ending. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, so that was like <laughs> their dialogue. Yeah, it was pretty decent. And then it finally ends. I mean, as everybody was wondering, the person that was doing the narration to this whole entire one, Source. <laughs> so at the um, end. Hey, Joe, a uh, quick question for you Descendants of Grayskull is in the chat room on YouTube. 
Okay. And brings up the point of uh, wouldn't Adora attend her brother's funeral? And oh, doesn't well, it look like, again, that She-Ra is ditched in the Masters of the Universe franchise? Oh, it's, 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 for this, yeah, this story arc, I'm sure she probably is. I mean, now that could have been, that would have been something even, picture this, at the end, speaking of that, what they just said, and thank you very much for bringing up that question. Uh, here's the thing, at the end, you see that the, what they did was they used the golden discs of knowledge to have the now the ancient spirits of evil are going to work for Skeletor and Mumra to get the power of Grayskull. So you see them all standing over the Palace of Eternia. And, you know, because things were shaking, you see them, they look like just giants. And at the end, you see the eye, the eye of the, uh, Zoar, and she can obviously see all the ancient spirits of evil. And she was like, you know, who can stand with me to help me? Or I, she says something like that, which for me, I was almost thinking, Hey, wouldn't it be cool somehow they brought Adora in and she comes to the rescue? But you know it's not going to happen. But you're right. I mean, it's a shame because, yeah, Adora's not there. So obviously in this story, she doesn't exist. So you're not going to see Adora. You're not going to see She-Ra. Nothing like that's going to happen. So they're just going They're going in their own direction. But the thing is, they're going in such a weird direction. They're just doing things that, again, story-wise, common sense-wise, really don't make sense. I Believe me, I'm not wanting to hate this. I'm not, and, and the thing is, I really didn't hate issue three i did enjoy the battles i enjoyed the art but just some of the things that i brought up and what james has brought up it's just questionable it's like you could have made it so much better especially like we said 30 years in the making a build-up you know fans were probably expecting so much more and something different and for the fans that are getting it and loving it i mean really i, I i'm glad they like it and more power to you but then there's fans that just don't enjoy certain aspects and i respect both sides I think that the thing I keep thinking is um, it's it's very tricky to bring two brands like that together, you know, He-Man and Thundercats. And it's what is the story you tell? I kind of I like the the pacing to some degree because it is so fast. But at the same time, because I I think you want to avoid that classic. Well, I'm He-Man and I'm Lino. Good to meet you. Now let's battle evil. Um, that kind of you know the, the 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 villains team up. It's it's every classic Marvel DC thing from the 1970s. It's like you know, Lex Luthor and uh, I'm trying to think of Marvel villain, <laughs> Doctor Doom team up or something, or um, yeah, two villains team up, then two heroes they have a fight and then they team up. That was always the the the, the classic uh, template for superhero team ups. So if this He Man Thundercats one, how do you how do you do that convincingly? So in a way, the pacing of this, uh, crazy as it is, I think it's 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 unique in that sense, but at the same time, it's it's almost too fast. It's like yeah. Skeletor's got power. Now well, we, we really needed to see something like He-Man going to Third Earth looking for fire rocks to create fire jewels as like a nod to Colossal Awakes. And the Thundercats get went and this stranger who's looking for something that's clearly harmful to them. And he's like, well, who are you? We don't know who you are. You've got a sword. And we can't just let you go with something that's, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, pretty much poison to us. Have a fight and sue over that. The power sword gets taken by, you know, the mutants taken back to Mumrod, then they've got a team upper. There's a bunch of things you could do. And not having that classic traditional misunderstanding of the heroes fighting it out for, you know, a, a you know, misunderstanding. It's it that's I think it's what everyone was looking forward to seeing at first was Lionel and He-Man duking it out. Yep. Just for yep. fun. Not have a definitive yeah. winner, but Tyler. the fight gets broken up by the by the villains. You know how that could have worked? I have anything it's like that. I'm like, you, you waste so many opportunities already. It's something you brought up before, Tyler, that the reason it could have worked, and it, like we said, the pacing for the six-issue series, it's just going too quick. Well, if I'm not mistaken, how many issues did Eternity War go? Wasn't it over a year? 
if you ask the wrong guy on that one. Yeah, okay. likewise. I, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. pick a single issue of that. Well, I think, it was, I think it was at least a year or just over a year. Well, that's the thing. If they could have paced this at 12 issues, if they could have did 12 issues, then they could have filled in everything. Yeah, that was, that was something I was going to say. It's like, I feel, is it, this is six, right? Six issues? Yeah, six. It's six. It's um, I, was, I was thinking if, if you, I know, and I know that's, Probably beyond the writer and our, you know, writers' means to some degree. They probably say we want to do a comic, and DC say we'll give you six issues. So you've got six issues to tell a story. And obviously, you work within that. But yeah, a, a far better story would have been twelve issues, really pace that sucker out. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You kind of want that. I always thought the idea. I, I really like the idea. Is at first, kind of, oh, no, but the idea of Skeletor and Mumra becoming this one being, I thought was really good. But that's something you want to see. Like with two or three issues to go, like the unit, it's like Transformers and it's like Unicron. It's not like Unicron uh, destroys Cybertron, the rest of the film, it's like, well, now what do we do? It's that, 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 it's leading up. He destroys one moon, then he destroys the next moon. It's like, uh oh, he's, he's heading for Cybertron, so it gets bigger and bigger. And then the threat is this giant robot that's, uh, you know, causing carnage. And I think with that, it would have been nice to build up to this idea of Skeletor and Mamoru going to combine, or Skeletor's going to, you know, drink his ashes or whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of, yeah, the pacing's a bit weird. I'm still going to give it a chance just because I didn't, uh, I bought one issue, that's what I was going to say earlier, of the, um, of the most recent DC round, I bought the first issue where, I think, isn't it Prince Adam wakes up and he's, he doesn't know he's He-Man? That was like back in 2012 or something. And then they've done all these different uh, issues since. And I, I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. And I was happy that people were enjoying it and, I was confused by people hating it but still buying it. It was like, I don't get that. I've never got that. But with this, I thought, you know what? This looks more visually up my alley. It looks like it's that they're saying, hey, you know, because hey. the problem I always have with that, that, that recent DC run was characters would just change in every issue. Whenever I pick it up and look at it, now no, still ain't for me. And then, um, yeah, I was, I was talking to Joe the other night and I was saying to him that uh, my friend Lee in America was just like, uh, oh, there's this one story where I think it's at the end of the attorney or one of the issues where Skeletor sees himself in all these different continuities. I was like, that's amazing. It's literally like buying an entire series for one page. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not that keen on seeing that. Someone could just scan that for me and I'd be good with it. But um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hate on this. And I, everybody's, of course, entitled to their opinion. And it's like, there's still three issues to go. For me, issue one was entertaining. Issue two was incredible. I found that really weak because I just thought that was just a big punch up. I've kind of liked issue three. That's so for me. It's like issue one, issue three, issue two. That's uh, that's my little uh, top three list. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, for me, I I tried to enjoy issue one. I had uh, problems with the dialogue, like I said before. Issue yeah. two, when I really just started having problems with everything, and issue two just issue two <laughs> just drove me insane. And then issue three, yes, again, I like the fighting, I like the art, but the story was just again just a lot of the dialogue just to me was just kind of it wasn't needed. I wish they could have changed up the dialogue. Maybe it could have made it better. So, well, that I guess in a nutshell, that's our kind of our review, our thoughts on issue three. Like I said, not absolutely hating on it, not telling people to hate on it. I hope you love it. If you want it, go get it. But uh, I think now I'm going to pass it to Tyler since we're done talking about the He-Man Thundercats. And Tyler, you go ahead and run us into our next segment because I know you're going to like this. All right. Faith Ministry Church, it's time once again for another Hour of Power TV prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
All right. We're here with our hour of power here, and I'm, I'm going to let start this segment by letting James know. I'll be reading from the Old Testament here. Hey! I hope you get the, uh, the New Testament for Christmas. And in fact, this one was uh, <laughs> even autographed by the good Reverend E. Talk here. Oh, I signed it. Nice. From a Chris Vince podcast several years ago. So it's uh, it's it's been a uh, a much treasured. Uh, uh, I was not expecting that. that was amazing. I honestly thought you had the Bible there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What well, this is the Old Testament?" Because I haven't got the new one yet. So this is what I'll be reading from until uh, hopefully oh, I get it for Christmas as requested. But. Uh, what I'm going to read here is just a, uh, a a small a small verse from a uh, chapter 22, <laughs> you know, episode 22 for for the uh, gurus out there. Not not the whole thing here, but uh, the good reverend says this episode has all the makings of a great one, but somehow falls short. And the basic premise uh, premise itself is wonderful, but too many opportunities are passed by. And. Uh, Let's see. The final confrontation at Castle Grayskull should feel like an, an event, but it feels like something's missing. Yogg's all too brief battle with He-Man pretty much sums up the entire or sums up the episode. I gotta say, what a load of propaganda, because there's not one mention of Lizard Man having such a prominent role in this episode. And not only that, we're given one of the best uh, sequences of He-Man, Battle Cat, Orko, and Lizardman running out of the cave to the He-Man theme to come join this fight and start kicking everybody's ass. No mention of that in this review here that at is, all. That is a good so. scene. I'll give you that. That was that was one I'd always go back for and look when I got the um, VHS tape. But yeah, it's um, yeah. That's uh, those are my thoughts, and uh, <laughs> and I can't remember why. I didn't read the whole thing, of course. I'm doing this just to have fun with James because I, I completely respect. As I read this, these reviews as many times as I have, I'm finding myself what I wouldn't give to have James here right now. Say, look, how can you disagree and say this this particular episode? I, I would, and that's why I ho hope to God you'll come back for more of these because there's a bunch of episodes that I would just love to uh, dig well, deeper I've into. I've always been, you know, like just because I wrote a book or a few books on um, the cartoon, you know, and my my reviews and stuff, and the episode review website with Zadok and stuff. People seem to think like, you know, it's happened over the years where they think that my word is gospel, like, it's fair enough. But um, I've always been fascinated when someone goes, well, I, I don't actually like the problem with power. Like um, one of my favorite guys was uh, to argue with was um, John Callis, who really disliked the problem with power. And he and I would be like, I, I was like how can you dislike it? And he actually brought up points where I was like, that's actually a very good point. You know, I, I, I liked the drama of the problem with power. I'd never seen it as a kid. So I first saw it in 96 when some American guy sent me over VHS tape, all these episodes. And I thought this episode can't exist. So you kind of put it in. It's like, wow, they, they went and did this. This doesn't feel like he, well, it feels like he, man. It's just incredibly dramatic. But John, John said to me once, you know, don't you question why he just suddenly throws the sword away? And I was like, but it's dramatic and it's cool. And it's all like the shadows and stuff. And he's like, yeah, but it's, he puts Interna in danger as soon as he does. It. And I'm like, yeah, he really does, doesn't he? But, it's still very cool, and cool always wins, um, as the Fonzie taught us. But yeah, it's um, it, it's I always love hearing different people. You know, some people like love uh, Quest for He-Man, for instance, whereas others think a giant humanoid, muscle-bound pink rabbit is ridiculous. Whereas I think he's perfect for a turn, you know, for He-Man's universe. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no, I, I love all the different opinions. That's the beauty of being a fan. Like, let's dare I go back to the He-Man Thundercats comic? Like, you know. 
some people absolutely love it. I'm kind of, ah, yeah, okay, you can't, can't stand it. So there's always that, that thing. Um, so you kind of try and have friendly discussions. Sometimes they boil over into like, come on, man. But uh, yeah, with regards to the cartoon, which I, I, I know pretty much relatively well, um, that's why I enjoy hearing the opinions of the most, because I'm like, well, why do you think this episode is so good? And someone's like, oh, this is okay, okay, I get that, you know. It's, uh, yeah, but I'm always going to say I'm right, because, you know, I'd be like, well, I wrote the book, you know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, when, you, when you're talking about Song of Solis there, I remember, like, there was, for me, I mean, as a kid, I remember just so many things going on that I got a kick out of to watch. I mean, even just starting off, like, when Prince Adam and Celise, you know, kind of meet for the first time. Yeah. And Tila gives that look like she just, mm-hmm, she can't stand looking at Celise. She's like, what else can you do? Like, Tila's jealous. I, I got a, a little kick out of seeing the jealousy she had of seeing Celise with Prince Adam. So that was kind of like an interesting thing. And then later, as you've seen when uh, here comes uh, Evil Lynn and here comes Trap Jaw and they're coming to get Celise. And then you see Lizard Man, like, like Tyler says, like, it's Lizard Man. You love seeing these new characters. And then you got to see Trap Jaw with that new, like, kind of like boom, 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 jackhammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah jackhammer, yeah. And then I even liked, I mean, you see, like, with Evil Lynn when she's back in Snake Mountain. And then she uses her magic shooting out this rope out of her hand and she wraps up a giant s- statue of Skeletor, which again, seeing statues, so when you see all these pieces, you just freak out as a kid. And she's like, <laughs> I'd like to see Skeletor like that someday or something like that. And then he walks up behind her. And it's just weird because you always see how evil Lynn, she's still always plotting against Skeletor. And then they, they figure that they, they have to get into Castle Grayskull and they're going to need Celise because she can use her you know beautiful singing, which that was always for me, haunting and kind of creepy as a kid. It was just, it was weird hearing that spooky song she would do, but she could sing and like move rock or move, do anything. And so she had, um, they, they captured her. And then when they got back to uh, Snake Mountain, she sings because Skeletor got a rock, a piece of a rock from Kessel Grayskull and then made a mini Kessel Grayskull diorama. I always like that because I always like to think that's like Skeletor's little play set. He's like, like, like... <laughs> Yeah, you got action figures and everything playing around. Yeah, Yeah, because you thought that as a kid, you're like, oh man, he's got a little Castle Grayskull toy. You know, your mind thinks differently as a kid. But sure enough, she does her little song and it opens that. So I figured, okay, now we can do that. But it just, they had that, like I said, just all these different parts that were going on in the show. And it just kind of, it sucked you in with the amount of different creatures and action and things that were happening. And then even towards the end when, you know, the sorceress, uh, Celise sings her to sleep. So they figured now we can get into Grayskull. And I like what He-Man did. Now, He-Man, when he arrives and everything and is trying to take care of all the business and take care of everybody, I remember when he grabbed the collector. And it shows his character again, too. That's what I mean. So many moments of how you can think of these people. When he grabs the, I think it's the collector, and he gets ready to take It's the basher. Oh, the basher? He's like, get out, Beastman. Oh, the basher. Thank you. Yeah, he even tells Beastman, like, you know, you better get out before he throws it. I mean, he's actually letting Beastman know, you, you know, you might die if I throw it. In a way, <laughs> it's like, get out, and then he throws it. And then he takes Lizard Man and just, boom, whips him into, like, the upper window to, like, you know, get to the sorcerers, which always then... You, if you want to be sarcastic, you're like, wow, they're so worried about getting to the jawbridge. Why don't we just go in the window? Lizard Man just went in there, but eh. <laughs> yeah. pick, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it seemed like it was. It was a pretty interesting episode with, like I said, a lot of different characters, creatures, things, powers, moments. I mean, it was just, it was a big explosion for my brain as a kid. But, you know, I know, like you said, not it's not going to be everybody's, you know, best episode. Well, they might not enjoy it that much. 
dare I say as well, I think a lot of um, people's favourite episodes and stuff also comes down to how they were received as a child. Like for me, um, I never saw Song of Solis first time round. I remember seeing it in reruns, but we were talking like 1987. So I think it aired in 84 and then 87. So okay. I saw it in 87, but didn't record it. So all I ever knew of Song of Solis was the Panini sticker album. So that was my that was my connection to that story. So I'd always remember, you know, scenes from it and stuff. I didn't I didn't hear the characters talking. I didn't hear the dialogue. And I think, I mean, I could use the same excuse. Well, then why I didn't see the problem of power until like, you know 1996. But yeah, I, that still grabbed me so much. But um, yeah, I think certain episodes like I remember like Father Like Daughter, Creature from the Task Force. All those episodes were released heavily in the UK. So I've kind of got an uh, affection for them i can't remember how i rated them it might be really low but um yeah i think you, that comes into play as well when you're you're talking about your favorite episodes and stuff um yeah uh, so yeah so so at i uh, i enjoyed it um do you want me to show off i showed i showed joe this the other night i've got one of the pan backgrounds oh man <laughs> see because one of my favorite scenes in there is it's really random um i remember watching that so yeah i've got the vhs of that in i, I guess yeah 96 so i start watching some of the like, Ooh. And there's that beautiful panning shot of, um, it's just like this gr- grass-covered uh, uh, expanse of land, these strange, almost like turrets of, gro- you know, again, weird grass. And in the script, I was like, I wonder what this plane, and it said, you know, flying across the plains of Perpetua. And I'm like, oh, the plains of Perpetua. Um, so, yeah, I've got the background. You know, this one I made earlier, it's on the bed. Um, yeah, if I can do this, here we go. So it kind of, I go like that. There we go. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It keeps going. <laughs> unfortunately it's a bit awesome. reflective there but yeah so um, i picked that up and um i've got some cells but they're in a box somewhere buried of uh my, one the, the scene i always laugh at is when all the orcs are on top of battle cat and they're all giving him grief and battle cat kind of rears up and they all go flying off into the distance and i always laugh at the if you go frame by frame of those orcs going off into the distance there's like one little one left at the end, just flying through the air. It's just like such comedy. So I went, um, I managed to get all the cells, that entire sequence. So I've got the orcs flying through the screen. like. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's just a really random thing. But yeah, that pan, I just, I was on eBay one day and um, it was a cell of She-Ra on top, on top of like a long pan cell. It wasn't a particularly great cell. And um, this long cell and behind it, I was like, that looks like the background from Song of Solis. And it was, just, I think I bought it for like maybe $30 or something. I was like, yeah, man, I'm taking that. It's, the cool. cell is somewhere else, but my, that's that's my that's my background. <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice place. It's just, uh, but yeah, I've got some connection to the episode there based on the artwork I have from it. But yeah, it's uh, not one of my favourites, but, but I appreciate anybody that likes it because it's one of the early ones. Skeletor's really, really evil in it. He's not a uh, he's not comedy Skeletor by that point. Even though you know he's comedy Skeletor in Evil Sleep, but still goes back to Dark Skeletor throughout season one. It's like you know it's like this all the time. But um, yeah, in terms, and you get Evil Lynn possessing someone, you know, that's not something she can regulate. It's like, that's pretty, pretty intense. And anytime you see a character with white glowing eyes, it's like, oh, that's kind of scary. So yeah, almost at least it's got its merits. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I forget about the guy, like how she did that, you know, when she used her power and eventually her, you know, Selena's eyes went white. I mean, as a kid, I, we said that, I think, in a previous episode with me and Tyler, something about when characters' eyes, when they go white, I don't know why, but it makes them look just so spooky and freaky. And then when she would, do, you know, singing that song later, it just seemed like it made that even creepier, just her doing yeah, that. Like dead, dead eyes of like, whoa, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty yeah, grim. 
Yeah, and Evil Lynn, like I said, it just it showed all her powers. But I mean, I can't stress enough. I know it sounds silly, but I mean, she wasn't, you know, using some like bracer or something. She was shooting magical rope out of her hands, and it was like <laughs> limitless. I mean, it's kind of weird to show all the powers she can have. Well, there's one episode where she shoots out of her finger. Is it the Littlest Giant? No, no, not the Littlest Giant. Don't she do it in uh, Daymore uh, the Demon? Daymore the Demon. That's it. When she points upwards, it's like. In um, I think in uh, in the Littlest Giant, she just does this. And this rope surrounds the characters. I guess I don't know where that rope came from. I won't ask. But yeah, the um, one with the fingertip, that's Daymar the Demon. Yeah, just like wraps up Daymar. But yeah, she's, she's got all these powers. Right. And Tyler, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I know you, you read from the good book of Reverend Etoc, but I mean, did you really <laughs> give all your thoughts? Did you give your thoughts on the episode too? Because I mean, you specifically, like I said, this was the one you wanted to highlight. I, uh, your thoughts? This is like in, you know, for people, uh, maybe just turning into this episode or whatever. And, and uh, I guess just to reiterate, uh, VHS was the, the main way that I watched the show because it, it was on in reruns when I was in kindergarten, but I had to go to school after five minutes after the, after the show would air on the USA cartoon express, I'd have to get my book bag and, and head to school. So I'd only get to see what's coming on that day. So VHS tapes were pretty much how I watched the show from 87, and on till uh, I got the entire series on bootleg in 11th grade. So uh, I rented v- uh, the VHS with Song of Solace and had Donald Dragoon on it too. And um, both of them were episodes I, I really loved and Song of Solace too for tons of reasons. Um, I thought Solace was pretty hot and I thought, <laughs> all right, like, I like Adams and he's got kind of kind of a thing for it here. And, uh, and Lizard Man was just a character I was just fascinated with seeing him and uh, – and uh, she demon of Phantos too. I was all about those characters like Strong Arm, Fang Man, Icer, characters like that. I would go back and re-rent these tapes so much, you know, a lot of times for those reasons. And uh, I, I never. And after reading James's, uh, uh, at first time I was like, no way, James, I, I don't buy this at all. But <laughs> it was, was with a lot of but. I, I can definitely see because one of the things he says is that you've got several storylines going on. You know, simultaneously with Tila and Man at Arms, you've got He Man and group uh, in the taverns of, uh, uh, excuse me, caverns of Torin, and then you've got Skeletor story. So you got a lot going on, and then kind of quickly wrap it up in front in front of Grayskull. And you know, I think it would be stupid to not admit that. Yeah, it is a little too much. And I'd say, if anything, acts Tila and Man at Arms storyline because everything else is better than. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I completely agree with that. That's the most unnecessary part of the thing if you kind of get rid of that you've got a much stronger story going on but it's like because man at arms just suddenly shows up out of nowhere i'm sure there was some trivia relating to man at arms appearance in that episode but yeah regardless he just like turns up i think his first line in the episode is ah when he gets captured by the giant, <laughs> yeah. like, the giant caterpillar thing i think i might be wrong but um and then he's like you know on on ice ice island in the valley of fire it's just so, so melodramatic but that was the beauty of um the attorney that Filmation created. It was like anything was possible. As a writer, you'd, oh, let's write, uh, you know, this, and you'd get this, the Vine Jungle, or, you know, I know, I know Mattel set the ground and Michael Halperin with his series Bible, but it was still up to Filmation to create this world. That's why I kind of, that background I showed is just one of my favourites, because it's like, wow, it turns like it's amazing magical landscape. And, um, but yeah, so Ice Island in the Valley of Fire, it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, fair enough, it is Eternia. Makes no sense, but yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, and if anything, part with for uh, for Tyler when you think about Tila, because you know how Tyler has this thing with you know Tila saying she's usually all yeah, Adam. I have to ask James this here because I, I know oh, he's, okay. he's he's mentioned it. 
before. Do you do you think that Tila's portrayal is a bit, you know, you know? I just I've always felt like if you're going to make her a captain of the guard, she needs to be acting a lot more adult and mature as opposed to acting quickly without thinking, quickly looking to you know kind of you know kick Adam the balls you know verbally so to speak. Any chance she gets, you just kind of felt like hard. It's hard. She's a hard character to like. You know, other than you know, because she she finds in so many stories, like I know it's the 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 it's for boys. The male character has to save the woman, but she does like Tila's quest is is a prime example of her doing you know a, a, a some ass kicking her own uh, on her own. But I just have always felt like she's a, a character that I'm like hard to sympathize with and get behind when she's always written as somebody who's always negative for the most part. No, I get that. I think I've I've. Yeah, I think as a kid, I disliked her character, but then uh, the older I got, um, the more I liked it. I, I don't know what it was about her hot-headedness, you know. But I mean, the worst offender to the Teela legacy, as it were, is um, Teela's Trial. That episode is, you know, um, David Wise is a great writer. <laughs> but that episode is the worst Teela you're ever going to see, like, because she's just spineless almost. She's just like, I made my father disappear. And it's like, come on, Teela! It's you, you know, you go to Snake Mountain and find him, and it's that, and I'm going to banish myself to the desert. And it's like, what? It seems awfully melodramatic. But um, I always, I always like the way they wrote Taylor, just because she was um, just such, she was such a strong female, and that sounds like a cliche, but she really, really was. And, and that kind of takes her oh, what's happened there? Sorry about that. I'm having issues with my uh, uh, power here, so I had to turn the. Okay, I'm back now. All right, you turned to Arnie with from Predator. Was that Predator or Commando? <laughs> yeah, it was Predator. Predator, of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a what a movie. Let's talk about Predator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can yeah, do that. Um, out. <laughs> the greatest scene of men blowing up a forest for about five minutes. Oh, it's a fantastic <laughs> scene. Amazing, amazing. Um, sorry about uh, Taylor. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that because I think Taylor is a hard character to like, but um. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to say really kind of whiny, but I always love Linda Gary's voice of Tila. It was just it just had such warmth and kind of yeah. I, I loved her interpretation of Tila. I, I love the way the character was written. I can understand why people don't necessarily warm to her because she is quite a um, angst-ridden character. I guess <laughs> she's always got issues, and yeah, none of them are, are mummy issues, which she probably should have more of, but she rarely ever talks about that in the show is you get those couple of episodes where it's like, what my mother is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate that, but I've, yeah, I've just always really liked Taylor. I think that's it. I mean, like she's, a she's a necessary character. character. Don't get me wrong. I just kind of felt yeah, like of she's, you know, I feel like there's a lot more that you could do with that character and not always make her feel like, does she always have to be nagging and, and making a, a point or just, I just feel like she's just written poorly all the time, you know, no, for the I most just, part. At least in this episode, though, Song of Solis, I mean, she was written pretty well. She did none of that nagging. She wasn't, you know, annoying. She said oh, no, no, no. went to and save was, her father. to see that she's jealous of Adam's affections towards somebody else. As maybe that's where the hate comes from. For He-Man. So. Yeah, maybe that's where all it comes from. Kind of the hate or something or jealousy is uh, maybe it all started with the Song of Solis when she seen that Adam was starting to, you know, get a little thing with yeah, Solis. Solis maybe is a redhead. Going on. Like, I'm a redhead, too. Why aren't, why aren't you, you know? If you get, you know, thanks for redheaded women. What, what's what's wrong with me here? So, <laughs> you know, you know, you got mentions of Lady Amanda and uh, uh, Dragon's Gift, and the two the two uh, women in the court and uh, pawns of the game master. So Tila's walked up on Adam, you know, 
chasing other women. So yeah, she, she probably has an, an ax to grind about that, but it's not always the case though. You know, it's something, right. you know, quite, uh, Quest for the Swords, a prime example, you know, where she did the, she's written as like, all I want to do is just, is just kick at him in the nuts. You know, oh, yeah, I, I, mean, can't <laughs> wait, I can't just wait. I can't just wait. This comic, Hitman Thundercats comic. But um, yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, t- I totally get your point. It's, it's really, <laughs> I think, really like Taylor. I always thought she was a really, really strong character. I think in that, in that decade as well of animation, you had maybe, trying to think obviously she came about but up until that you know you think of transformers very few female characters <laughs> you can include rc but you know she comes along and it's just like oh rc cool but uh when you look back at 1983 to 85 when you've got this you know ass kicking redhead nagging character i'm not going to deny that who leaps into shot every time you know bush and stuff like that um yeah i don't know i think she she was a much needed character and i i, I yeah, I'm just champ- I'm trying to champion Taylor as best I can, but uh, I'm failing. But yeah, yeah, I think she's not awesome. really failing. You're not failing. Like, <laughs> someone says like, "Hey, explain to me why you like this." I'm like, "Wow." I am <laughs> curious though. Quest for the Sword. How did you rate that episode? Because I love picking with Tyler on that one when I was talking about oh. some of the common sense, you know, of like how He Man was trying to get across that the opening and. Oh, yeah, the Wind Raider, you could have yeah. just put the Wind Raider over there, but whatever. But um, no, what was your uh, rating on that one? I'm curious. I, I can't remember, Tyler. What was my rating on that? He rated it pretty low. That was another one I remember because that was. Good man. One. Yeah, yeah, he rated that <laughs> one pretty low. There's a bunch of ones, a bunch of them that I really, really liked that I felt like. Uh, that could have been a bit higher. Oh man, that 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 that's really low balled, you know. Like you know, she demon of Fantas. I, I I want that was the one I originally wanted to talk to you about, but since yeah, you'd already done the commentary before, I kind of felt like I need to pick one that you know publicly, other than the books, you know, that's something that James I, I can pick his brain about. Um, but uh, like Betrayal of Stratos is another one I felt like was ranked kind of, uh, a bit lower. <laughs> I just felt like. Oh, James, man, this is such an awesome episode. You have to you know? pick another winner, Tyler. You have to pick another good one because, you know, what's going to happen is when issue four comes out, James, I'd love to have you back. We can do I'm issue sure, four. Actually. You, can't, you can't talk back by yourself. That'd be weird. Exactly. So you come uh, back yeah, I can sit here just, you know, I can drink Drano next time, you know, or, or whatever <laughs> you want to, you know, somebody to listen. All the trading products, yeah. <laughs> But uh, th- there's uh, so many episodes that I, I, like I said, I've flipped through this book so many times and just kind of reread things and rethought things and things like that. And um, a lot of them, you know, you know, I felt like I'm in complete agreement about it. Sometimes I feel like, well, I agree with it mo- for the most part, but I would love to ask you more about it, you know, as to like more why you felt that way as opposed to, because I feel like there's so many episodes I feel like, you know, like the uh, quest for He-Man, I, I, I hated that episode as a kid. And still to this day, it, I don't hate it. I actually, if okay, you know, it, it's it's not bad. It's not it's not Star Child. It's not the greatest show in Eternia. It's it's none of those. But it, it's better. A Cat and the Spider is another one that, as a as a kid, I'm like, other than Web Story, I, I just didn't get why it has such a humongous fan following and why Katrina was such a popular character. I think that, but that going back to what I said earlier, I think that is one that was. Uh, uh, that would be a childhood memory or um, affection for because that came out um, on video in America on the Skeletor's Revenge compilation, but it also came out on video in the UK and I think in most other countries of the world. So that The Cat and the Spider, I think we all saw it at a very young age and it was always to hand, at least for me. 
Uh, so I watched that episode so many times. So I, had, I had really, really strong ties to that episode. Really, really liked it. Well, I mean, I yeah. guess some too, like like Orko's Missing Magic was one I, I dismissed as a kid. But as an adult, I liked it a lot more. I thought, you know what? Actually, this episode's not, it's not bad. Like, Omira was an interesting place. Zoltan, it's, I can see why people don't like it. But yeah. it, there's something about it that I'm like, you know what? I didn't like this as a kid, but, you know, it's actually a, a fairly solid episode. The, the funny thing no is, no major villain in it. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, since writing uh, the unofficial guide on, on your table, I can't remember what I'd rated most of the episodes. Even when I turned all that into the official guide, I, I, I didn't look and go, oh, Monday I did. It was just like, right, copy, paste, copy, paste, spell check, <laughs> stuff like that. I wasn't going, well, maybe I should redo this rating. It's, it's, I did all that stuff so long ago. So, you know, if you said to me, what did you think of Summer Solis? I'd go, I probably didn't rate it very highly but some episodes i'm like i can't remember what they're like to be honest it's uh yeah i mean something like something like monster on the mountain or great shawnee turner i know exactly why i gave those or like orco's new friend and so things i can just about but i wouldn't know the number or anything like as in the rating i could tell the episode number i could tell quest for he-man episode 56 or uh you know monster on the mountain 120 or something like that that's stuff i can do episode rating forget about it well, as long as it's uh, my brain. At least we didn't do the Christmas special one because I'm sure that would have been uh, oh. something else to do. But no, at least we didn't touch that one. And you think we would have tried to touch on that, especially around this time of the year. But, you know, it's been done to death. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's just one of those things like that, that special. I, I will watch it in, what, three days from now? Uh, on it was Christmas Day. Um, yeah, always watch it Christmas Day every time, every, every year. Put it on. Yeah, put it on, but that's the one day of the year I watch it. Then it goes back in the DVD case, back on the shelf, and then never to return until next Christmas Day. Because any other time of the year watching that just hurts. It burns. <laughs> but you're right. It fits in perfectly just like any other Christmas special. That's the thing. When there's Christmas specials, I don't watch them any other time during the year because they just don't feel right. They don't fit in well. But when it's Christmas, sure, pop in a bunch and watch a Charlie Brown Christmas special, watch Rudolph, watch Frosty, and watch the He-Man, she Christmas special. That's how it works for me. I just will watch them on Christmas. You forgot to add, watch the He-Man and she Christmas special if you can. <laughs> it's like, if you can survive the experience. Um, it's not like easy it. to sit through. I mean, What's I don't that? mind I, it, you know, but it, it's not something that you can sit and get engrossed in. I mean, I can watch. No, no. <laughs> That's, no, that, no, you, no. We talked about pacing being really weird earlier. You talked about pacing. That 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 uh, special, 40 minutes, and it's like, Eternia, Etheria, Eternia, this place. Where are we now? You know, it's Earth. And it's just <laughs> all over the place, that thing. And it's, oh, we've got the kids and... Uh, I, you think that Mattel and uh, Mattel Formation actually went out and said, let's do a 40 minute special. And you think, oh, couldn't you've just done a 40 minute special any other time of the year about He-Man and she crossing over and make it like really awesome as opposed to let's do the Christmas one. I, I totally get why Formation did the Christmas one. Christmas one very much a family oriented company. Sure. But yeah, any other, any other story plays. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I, I, I just well up when I think about it. What could have been? Yeah. Exactly. So, well, I guess in a way, well, we summed up, like I said, we covered issue three. And from what everybody basically gets out of it, we enjoyed the art. We like the action. There's questionable story and dialogue things that could have been better. And it's not just us. Like I said, I did polls and a lot of people agree. But then there are a lot of people that love it. So, again, more power to you. And like same thing with us. It's our opinions. So I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, Joe, can I ask you one quick question here from the chat before you guys wrap up? Go ahead. Um, Descendants of Grayskull uh, also asked this in the chat saying, um, 
the He-Man versus Thundercats, you said it felt like it was too rushed. Do you think it would have worked better if it was animated, or do you think it's rushed because they're trying to go for that animated feel? You know, that's a tricky question to ask right there. I mean, uh, I think if this would have been a cartoon, obviously, you know, let's just say in a perfect world that this was a cartoon. I think they would have handled it a lot better. It seemed like, you know, the pace wouldn't have been as... Have you seen you know, DC animated films? Yeah. It's, I mean, as for a cartoon, I think it really would have worked. And I obviously, they would have written it a lot better. I know that they would have did more research to do a cartoon. But this, it's like, I think they're just trying to kind of quickly... It's just, it's a quick cash. You know, they're, it's like, hey, you hear He-Man? You hear Thundercats? My God, you slam them together? I mean, that's a great sandwich you got right there. I, I want to taste that. You know, <laughs> of course, they're going to just sell them. Bye, 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 and do it quick. But I think, yeah, as a cartoon... I think it would have been better because then we could at least feel these emotions and I hope that's, they would have wrote it better. You know what I mean? What do you that's think? That's a really good point. I, think, I was going to say, like, in terms of the, um, I, I think if it was a cartoon, it would have built up to the skeletal Mamra combination. I think that's exactly how it would have gone. It would have been, you know, Eternia, I reckon He-Man would have met the Thundercats beforehand. They would build, build, build. Skeletor gets the power sword, Mamra, and then it's the big battle at the end. That's the way they would have done it. Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. killing Prince Adam at some point for shock value, but it would have built up to that skeletal memory thing. So, yeah, I think it's a really good point. It's like if it was animated, completely different uh, so story, I think. Definitely. So I'm hoping, like I said, here's hoping that issue four is, is better. Uh, I, I know Tyler, you know, when we, we did the first issue and I was saying I hope it's better, he's like, Joe, it ain't going to get better. It's not going to get better. <laughs> And then when no, you guys have, haven't haven't changed my mind based on what you described here in the third issue here. I'm, yeah, because that was Jack it. And bastards, and I'd probably call that to the writer right now. Yeah, <laughs> use his own words against him. I, I just, I, I'm, and I'm not going to tell people not to buy it. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be one of those the, those high and mighty people. You know, that's like, no, no, you shouldn't buy this, and I'm going to call you out if you do. Like, nah, that's a real douchebag thing to do. So, no, people are enjoying it. That's fine, but uh, sure. I reserve the right to. Slam it if somebody asked me about it, but I'm not going to carry a pitchfork and, and torch, you know, around and to people's doorsteps to say they, they they thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, because Tyler said he was going to be observing us for this one just to hear our thoughts, to give him an impression, and he pretty much, I mean, we summed up what pretty much he was thinking it'd be like anyways, but... So it'll be great. Like I said, we'll have you back for to do that for issue four. Tyler's going to pick another kind of ep- uh, another filmation episode. Oh, I got a bunch. I, I don't know which one. Uh, I guess I guess should I since James is here. Are there any that you're like, you know what? I've said my piece about that. You know, I've, obviously I'm not going to waste my time talking about the, some of the 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 bottom of the barrel or bottom of the trash can <laughs> episodes. But I mean, uh, you know, like betrayal of Stratus is one disappearing dragons. Even though you give it a fairly high rating. But I almost felt like that could have been a 10 out of 10, in my opinion. But Oh, wow. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I suppose, like, just look, go through the book. Whatever I've given a low rating that you feel that should have been high, just go with that. And then, you know, there's your there's your episode right there. <laughs> Uh, Dave Moore, the demon, it's another one that comes to mind that he that that James was not too happy about. I just thought, man, I I, I don't I don't get it. Why such a low rating? Like I know he don't like the rainbow at the end of it, but <laughs> I just like it, it's it's a lot better. I'm like, oh, I was like, maybe maybe someday I'll get lucky. And uh, but th- there's 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 so many uh, I could I could I could spend all day going or a day a piece going to each episode and just get yeah fun. man whatever whatever you feel you want to chat about yeah we'll do that next time I'll be I'll be very much up for that like I said I always love discussing I may not come up with the best points of defending Taylor for example but uh, yeah I'll do what I can whatever you know whatever you feel you want to talk about you know I'm here kind of thing awesome right. look forward to that 
Well, James, it, it was a blast having you on. I'm so glad you joined us. I hope you had fun too. And uh, I guess, well, is there any for people that want to contact you? You know, where can they find you? You got any things going on? You go ahead, just shoot anything about yourself right here in the closing parts. Don't contact me ever. <laughs> um, I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this. It's been really tricky though not to look at um, the little screens. What I found myself looking at is Modulox eyes, or when Tyler pops up on screen, looking at him. It's those two things. I haven't found myself going down here to the bottom of the screen too much. So I've been quite happy about. That. I've been. I keep wanting to look at the camera. That seems professional, but then it seems a bit like, you know, like I'm staring you out or something. Oh, you're not. Um, that's good. That's good. <laughs> For the end of it, I'll be professional and maintain eye contact. Uh, when it comes to contacting, I don't know, like, um, you know, serial geek, all that business. This is where I shill my goods kind of thing. It's like, buy this, buy that. Don't buy this. <laughs> that kind of thing. Or I'm trying to think. I don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, the, the I can just pimp the... That, the return of faker thing I'm working on the absolutely yeah that's just so just anyway you know I'm currently working on uh, or I will be as of next year it's uh, unofficial cartoon it was originally going to be on the official He-Man channel but uh, things happened you know as they often do in these yeah. things uh, so unfortunately it's going to be unofficial and I'd, I'd like to think at some point maybe there'll be a company around who'd be like we we could publish this and make it official that'd be really nice but yeah we're just working on this. Um, the return of Faker, because I've always loved Faker as a character and felt, you want to talk about a character that was shortchanged in, in He-Man, forget Jitsu uh, or you know, any of the others, it was uh, it was Faker, a character who should have an entire episode dedicated to him, just turns up and he's like, hey, look at me, I've got glowing eyes, and it's like, is that it? And then he falls off and falls off into the abyss, and you're like, oh, that was all of two minutes. Right. But I like the idea of bringing him back in the, the, the action figure colour scheme, but also... My favourite colour scheme, which was always the prototype, the um, cross-sell artwork on the back. We had the magenta armour and the orange hair. Yes. For some reason, I always preferred that to the final figure. That's no offence to anybody who prefers that final figure. No, it looks really good. I like both of them, but that is a very solid colour scheme, I think. Yeah. It's just the magenta. It was just like that with the blue. It just was like, wow, that's a, that's a stark contrast of the character right there. Yeah, this, this special we're doing, it's like going through, um, I think I've sent both you guys at different times the audio clips I've been working on or like the audio tests where <clears throat> just been extracting, it sounds crazy, but extracting all the dialogue from the series or all pieces I need and just piecing it together into new scenes. Mm -hmm. Things have been going very well so far. And then um, uh, Duzan, who I'm working on it with, he's basically going to start animating by just tracing existing filmation artwork, um, filmation animation, but also tracing animation from shows like Filmation's Flash Golden, Brave Star, um, okay. other stuff because you know obviously you've got different action sequences in there so we kind of want to have this one these ended this piece of he-man doing a flying kick from brave star because obviously you know i think in the intro speed of the puma he does like his flying kick right at the end so he's drawing he-man doing a flying kick I'm like, that's incredible awesome. so uh, yeah, we're doing this whole thing um so that'll be that'll be coming out in september of next year no idea how yet probably just upload it on youtube for free or something or social media on facebook but uh, yeah, that's that's the only project I've got going on at the moment. You know, the books are kind of the newspaper guide, a newspaper book. I barely worked on that. Um, I got credited for restoring a couple of pages, which I didn't even know they'd used. But that's that's happening. And then the that crazy character compendium encyclopedia thing. Yes. Um, worked on that with Val and everybody, and uh, my God, that was a crazy project. So that that will be coming out, I think next year, I guess at some point. Uh, yeah, I just kind of, once I'm done it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. And walk off into the distance. Every time I want to drop the mic as well, I, I seem to, every time I get in, they drag me, you know, every time I get out, they drag me back in kind of thing. It's like being in the mob. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's that thing I, I really thought earlier this year. I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm done when I do the book. That's my moment. And then I thought, oh, a faker cartoon. What a great idea. And it's like, idiot. You know, so, um, yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. So, you know, people, people can check out my Facebook page because all my posts are usually public anyway. So, okay. you, know, okay. I, you know, so, yeah, there, there, there you go. Perfect. Thank you. Tyler, do you have a closing episode or anything you want to recommend for the fans to watch or anything else? Uh, I mean, Song of Solis kind of seems a little easy, but uh, and I've recommended Betrayal of Stratus. You know, I'm going to say Damar the Demon strictly because of the low rating that James gave it there. So, <laughs> to see if it, you know, am I the only one who's like, you know what, I, it's, I can, you know, I see where he's coming from, but I still think it's a pretty solid episode. So I, Damar the Demon is my recommendation for this week. Okay. All right. Sounds like a good one. And well, as for me, you can always go to popculturenetwork.com, fansofpower.com, hemanworld.com. And on Facebook, go to the Masters of the Universe, He-Man and she Ultimate Fan Group. And those are all great pages, all great people. So until next time, and thank you again, James, for joining us. Have a powerful day. I'll throw out a, a quote to James, see if he can get it here. The energy is stored there in the megacore. Oh, Daughter Dragoon. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Which it may have been, you know, I, but I was just like, I have, I, I was like, I'm not going to do a movie. I got to do a filmation for it here. I'm going to throw it right and see if he can, you know, I'm sure they can pick it up. <laughs> it's probably a, a very distinct point. I probably need to go with something a little bit more uh, obscure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try that next time. Okay. I look forward to the yeah. challenge. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I guess that's it. So bye bye. All right. Later. <laughs>